This is the Howard's Way podcast from Antique Dust. The story so far. Lynn has been found. That was the end of the cliffhanger last week's episode. The Barracuda has been built and it's being put through its, t- its paces. And there is more skullduggery happening with Polly bringing Oren in over from America. Anyway, I'm Jonathan. And I'm Rob. And together we are Antique, Antique Dust. Dust. Woo! And we are following the delightful and delicious, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous drama that is Howard's Way. first broadcast on the 7th of September 1986 and it's episode 2 of series 2. What does IMDB say about this episode? Well Jonathan IMDB (laughs) says after the police inform them that Lynn has been found Tom and Jan rush to the hospital where Mm. they're devastated by what they find. Leo feels that things will change when Abby's American lover Oren Hudson arrives in Tarrant Shellet threatens Frere, an infuriated Jan awaits Tom, who must take the Barracuda out for a crucial test run. Avril suggests that Jan doesn't know her husband very well at all. <gasps> Polly implores Gerald to greet Oren with her. Kate confides in Jack that her financial future hinges on a horse race. Frere ignores Gerald's advice to pay off Shellet. Leo can't hide his frustration over the situation with Lynn. Polly uses Oren and Leo in her quest to make Abby return home. Oren receives an odd reception from Gerald. Ken proposes another partnership with Frere. And Jan reels at the latest news about Claude. Ooh. And that was the episode. That was the episode. In fairness, that was. this week's episode was... Marvellous. Oh yeah, naturally. It's how naturally. it's it, it is totally, totes marvellous. Um, this this episode, from comparison to last week's episode, which there was probably about three firm storylines running through it, this one was jam-packed. It was content, content, content. <gasps> it was content city. It was, and it's very exciting as well, because Jan seems to have traded her at MG Metro in for some sort of sports coupe. I have no friggin' idea what that one was. Was it a Rover? I don't know. It it, it looked, it sort of looked, when I squinted at the, at the screen, it did look a bit like a Rover badge. I don't know. It it, it, it was a sport, it was a two-door sports coupe. It actually, it looked a bit like um, James Bond's Lotus. It did, from, it did. From uh, Spy Who Loved Me. I was waiting for her to drive over the edge of the... Off the the seawall and and goes splashing into the. It's competing with the Barracuda. Yeah, it goes, <laughs> it goes zooming off. 
So yeah, I was just like, wow, she's she's up to game a little bit. Now Jan was a little bit heavily made up on this episode, but I think she, she was she was naturally super uber glam. But I think there was a a, a definitive um, difference. So with... who do you think she was being um, distinguished from? It's Avril, obviously. Avril, obviously. Because Avril, I mean, yeah. So we'll, we'll 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 cover that. We're, we're jumping ahead. We're going. It's like we're, we're galloping, we're, like we're galloping. galloping like Kate's horse. I know. Kate Kate's got a race horse. Wow. Oh, well, she's got a oh, bit she's of got a leg quarter of it. She's yeah. got a, she's got hind a, quarters. She's got a hawk. Or a, she's a got hawk. a wither. A wither. Right? a wither. A wither. What's a wither? I don't know. It's not part of a horse's leg. Oh, I don't know. You're the horsey one. I would have been a horse one, but never had a pony. Oh, so. right. <laughs> story of my life. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, All right. so the first storyline we have to follow through, uh, which I think is vastly important um, for a plot device, yes. and that is Shellet. Because obviously Shellet has been cut Dick, loose. Dick Shellet and the Sexolates. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's still looking uber creepy. He doesn't. He doesn't seem it's, to change out well, his clothes. No, he just gets creepier every time he. So, see, he was lurking in the shrubbery. Yeah, and he, I mean, yeah, it was just bonkers because he's he's there spying on Charles. So he's obviously located where Charles lives, which is in the middle of the countryside somewhere. So how the hell he got out there? I'm sure they don't have the buses that go anywhere near there. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure they're it's on a bus route. Really? The countryside buses go ev- go everywhere. Well, I Probably the, dropped I suppose... him off at the. At the gates, and the then the... he wandered in. So we we see him peering through some shrubbery and going and going and then, towards yeah. Charles after Charles goes out. But Charles left his house. It's like gorgeous sort of pillared house, and uh, sort of encounters him on the driveway. And Charlotte's there saying, "You've got to get, you've got to help me out. You brought me over here." And Charles, give me some money. Give me some money. Because... Which, to be fair, I think he's got a reasonable case. Yeah, but I'm sure he'd already given a return trip, uh, return flight, so he could bugger off wherever he came from and plus he has got all that money that, that he's been giving handouts where he didn't have to pay for his hotel bill his food or anything like that well he spent he didn't it. he didn't actually well i suppose he spills it on on the kitty the kitty the, litter the kitty the kitty litter kitty, escort kitty, yeah. tarrant escort service yes. Yes. <laughs> nice and tarty slap it on yes. marvelous bastard uh, pussycat <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So, poor, so poor old Dick Shellett. He's he's on his uppers. Yeah, and, and, he, and he's making. He goes these... to Frere, and he and he basically almost literally kicks him to the curb. Yeah, because I mean, he was grabbing hold of the. I must say, I do like Charles's uh, red Bentley. That is very nice. It's much better than that. What was, what did you describe it? A I metallic taupe. 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 Because his, la- his well, la- my, last series, or, he had a metallic taupe yeah. Bentley or Rolls Royce, wasn't or it? Beige. It's it's beige. Who knew Rolls Royces came in metallic beige? Yes, mm. but it's, it's not Rolls Royce, though. It's a Bentley. No, but it's prom last year, last, last well, series. We've had this argument before. It's, it was a beige Bentley. Was it a beige it Bentley? It was a Bentley. <gasps> Bentley last series, Bentley this, this series. I do like the red just one. Just changed its colour. I know. Kept the licence plate, though. So, well, it uh, probably cost him a fortune. So you never you bought? It's got lots of money, so it doesn't really matter, does it? So, um, so we, so we, so I felt a bit sorry for Shelley, but he's just he's just so creepy. He's one of these people that you'd feel like if you sort of you were at school and you got you had the police people come and say don't talk to strangers that offer you pictures of what they show you a picture of dick shellet dick shellet there's a picture of dick shellet there offering a a sort of a a sort of a pick and mix of dolly mixtures uh so so yeah so i think that story is gonna i think we've got another two episodes of the shellet story 
before he sort of bids farewell sort of thing but and he goes back to his his cave and yeah i mean cause in fairness, wales i think it was kuala lumpur or some no he lives in a cave in wales oh yes in the changes in the changes yes the changes the fur below changes uh so i mean in fairness gerald says when charles <laughs> we have to mention Charles was going, picks up the telephone in his in his phone in his car, screams at someone. So there's, there's an intruder on the grounds. Please get rid of him. And then puts the phone down. And then picks it up again. Gerald, blah 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 yeah. blah blah blah. So, and it's just like, did how did you? Yeah. How did you I mean, he didn't even I, press the yeah. buttons because it was one of these big car phone things with the buttons yeah. on the top. So he hadn't dialed, and Gerald had picked up instantly. <laughs> yeah, God, yeah. So that's that's what I call good service. That's good. Yeah, that's like crikey yeah it's at the gerald hotline because I, mean, I always i mean that that, that was an, an analog mobile phone my mum had one of these what big... do you mean they didn't have digital mobile phones in the in the mid 80s no well because my my mum had one uh mum had one of those which it, it was it was the size of a briefcase yeah you had to wear the battery pack on a strap around your neck well no she didn't have that oh, no it didn't it didn't have a strap it had a handle it, ha- it had it, it was like a briefcase. was it a trolley <laughs> is it on the trolley? Uh, so, did, but did you drag it, it, drag it behind her wherever she so went? Because it was a it it was it was it was the size of a car battery sort of thing. Did it have a handle that you turned it, vigorously? Yeah. To... <laughs> I don't. It didn't have a handle, <laughs> but it, uh, like but a starting think, handle. Yes, it, it was just a bit because mum carried it around. It had like a twelve hour charge. It was like the iPhone, really, but. It took twelve twelve hour had twelve hours um battery life and it took twelve hours to charge. It was bonkers. I remember she put it she put it in the in the estate car and it, it, she she did something wrong with it and drained two batteries from the estate. <laughs> I don't know why she had it, because she she was a housewife. We tried to keep in touch with. That's um, a good it, just, it just seemed really, really. So why have you got a mobile phone, mother? Because the, the contracts cost an absolute fortune then. Well, I would imagine. Because so. I, I think at the time when people phoned you, you had to pay for the call. Really? Yeah, I think it it, it, it was really bonkers. So what madness? So is you, this? you 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 had you you got charged for incoming calls as well as outgoing calls. And when you dialed it, 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 you could virtually, you know, you, it's when you used to dial, or the the sort of the, the old sort of like the ring, rotary, the rotary one. Rotary. That I used to hear it clicking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. it was at the end. It was like some operator going, "I'm sure that was a seven. <laughs> was it a seven? Or should we try a seven? Uh, it was. Mm. So yeah. Anyway, so anyway, we're, we're dive, dive, digressing. So Shellet comes up. So we only see a little bit of Shellet. And now we'll follow the Charles trajectory. Um, Charles is, has got his very glamorous office, and she, he looks like he's got an order-taking machine in there in his office. Yeah, he? well, this printer looked like the sort of thing that you see in in restaurant kitchens. It was it, it spat out a piece of of paper, yeah, like curly, C- curly <laughs> paper. It had, on the little screen, it had like it looked like CFAX or Oracle yeah. or something. Yes. <laughs> So he picked up this. I mean, like looked at it. Didn't rec- it didn't say anything about it. He just put it in his, his briefcase and closed his briefcase. And so was he off to the kitchen to to <laughs> fulfil the order? Yeah. He was putting he was putting some some noodles with with a with a seafood salad. Uh, but it was it was really quite interesting because Gerald's meant to be his right hand man, and Gerald said, "When did you actually marry this honey 
what was it? Honey. Honey Gardener. Honey Gardener. Honey Gardener. And then it turns Don't up. get me started on Honey Gardener. <laughs> what a ridiculous soap opera name you could possibly come up with. Oh, but it's brilliant. It is brilliant. We, we, we need more honey. We need more Honey Gardener. Need hot honey. I know. I wonder if she's got bees. <laughs> think, well, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like she's a beekeeper. It sounds like she's she, she's got a, a honey making machine. It like, she's she's got a cottage in the Cotswolds with a few acres with a loads of, loads. Well, of it turns bees. out that she's got a tract of land worth eighteen million. Well, they actually talked money on this one, didn't they? It was it was eighteen million pounds worth of lake water fronted properties, and they were going to do it. They were going to sectionalise it, and but now, but but Freya has said. Oh well, I decided to put flats on it. <laughs> it's <all> lovely, right. <laughs> lovely, lovely. Uh, and then, then they got they went down to the traditional sort of Howard's Way routine of percentages and ninety five percent and blah 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 blah. And he married her for the for the contacts and the deal. And but is that, yeah. I mean, in fairness, that sounds really really bonkers. I mean. I, I didn't really. Under, I did. I will. I will confess that. Did you glaze I, over at that I, point? I, I didn't really follow very much of that. It all sounded a bit nonsensical. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, I think Howard's Way does do a lot of business bollocks, uh, which which is like we should do a hashtag business bollocks um, along it, and it it just that just seemed a bit weird um, and a bit pointless. I mean, ultimately, could he, I mean, he could have just said, oh, so "I met her." At, she was a showgirl, and we she got, was working as a waitress. She was at a cocktail, cocktail bar. bar. <laughs> I was wildly amused by her name, so I married her. Yeah. Because uh, so, anyway, yeah, I, I took her from being honey gardener. I made her honey frere. Yeah. <laughs> honey frere. Honey yeah. frere. Well, he doesn't seem to be like too bothered about monster. Lynn anymore, does he? Lynn. <laughs> well, to to be fair, and without wanting to rush too far ahead and have spoilers, nobody actually. It was actually see, seems to be all that, all that fuss. Unless they're actually on their bedside, then they're all terribly upset. But in all the other scenes, they all it's all they're getting on with life as normal. Yeah, it's all business, business as usual. It's, 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 no, it's all very matter of fact. It's a bit, a bit weird. Yeah, so so there's lots of lots of jiggery pokery with regards to business stuff, and the end of the sort of the episode uh, with the Charles Frere, we find because Charles is obviously wanted to divorce Honey Gardner and some such nonsense. It it it, it just seems a, a nonsensical plot. Well, to be to be fair, this is my this is my uh, thoughts about this, is that they they created a problem. When they introduce Honey Gardener, Honey Gardener. and now that it feels like there's a bit of a scramble to try and a explain it away and b get out of the get out of the problem because mm. they 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 introduce him as being married as a cliffhanger, but then clearly that didn't fit their plans for his character trajectory so is oh heck now what do we do to get out of this explain it away it's it's like we're still waiting to hear about what happened with regards to the exploding boat and the mermaid yard had done the service on it that's not been mentioned at all because that will never be mentioned because that that, that was a cliffhanger about five episodes ago yeah that was a cliffhanger (laughs) in the last series well, that wasn't a that was a uh, because that was because the the blow, exploding boat was what exploded the marriage between Tom and Jan. Because well, what are you talking? That... Uh, the exploding boat, exploding yeah. boat, as in the boat where when Avril and yes, Tom. Yes, I know. I know what it. the exploding boat, but what I'm not 
following is why you're saying about it being a cliffhanger at a different time. Because, because it was a cliffhanger on last series. They, yeah, that, that's that, exact... that, epi- that episode ended on that cliffhanger and that has never, ever, yeah. ever been picked up at all. That is exactly what I said. So we're arguing about the same thing then? Yes, well, okay. that's exactly what I said. And then you said, <laughs> oh, no, it's not that or something like that. Well, we'll listen back to the podcast <laughs> and you'll hear it you will hear word for word exactly <sighs> rob does take what hours I said. Very no i don't <laughs> no <laughs> i object to being called a fool and a liar so that's a heated debate that there. was a heated debate my goodness so uh yeah so I, so apparently he's, he's divorced in Honey Gardener and we've got like nonsense plots and things like that um, now Gerald has sort of has been demanded by Polly to be there to greet Orin because Orin is coming over Orin Hudson who is the one that impregnated Abby at her finishing school um, did you want to put in a slightly less clinical yeah, not way not really um, because it doesn't see is that, cause, we make it so like part of the curriculum so, so Orin is coming and staying with Polly and Polly wants Orin to uh, Gerald to be there to greet him, and it is so, nagging. Yeah. And Polly, in fairness, mm. Polly, in the first scene we see Polly, she just looks stunning. That yellow frock. Didn't know if it was a kimono or not. Well, I thought it, I thought it had a bit of a. I didn't know if it was a kimono. Was it a dressing gown? Is it a house coat? But it looks. Is it, is it, it, is it what she wears to do the dusting? I don't know. I don't think I don't think Polly dusts. Well, we never see any staff, do we? Well, they're all below stairs, aren't they? What in a cupboard? Huddle behind the ar- the cupboard, the, 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 the room behind the arga. Yeah, uh, it's nice and warm there. They can do their crocheting and darn Gerald socks. <laughs> so I uh, Polly is it's, uh, is nagging at uh, Gerald and just trying to insist that he's there to greet him, which I can understand, um, but he gets waylaid he tries to make up some nonsense about well the plane arrives at twelve thirty, so to get through customs it's going to be one thirty, and he needs to come here and blah 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 so it's going to be four thirty. so he, he was not there to greet Orin when he arrives uh, but Polly explains that away say well Gerald didn't want to be uh, say, uh, sorry a, have we skipped ahead to, to Orin's arrival now or, Orin's arrival so well, we can't, well it's, it's we, the we, Polly... can't, we can't skate over his physical arrival in Tarrant where he looks he, he looks he like, like he wants to throw novel. himself off the off the off, bridge off the railway bridge yeah so, and I'm with really his model good looks Argos model uh, good looks well I think it's more Gus and Kay's <laughs> is Gus and Kay's still going around I have no like? idea great universal <laughs> so yeah but he does look very good he, he does look very attractive um, and you thought well what what did he see in Abby? Let's face it, that that's what you're thinking. What did was he, he see on medication? In Abby? I mean, I mean, in fairness, Abby in in the right light and with the right clothing could be quite pretty. But we can assume that she didn't didn't make any more of herself. Well, I don't know. In she Switzerland may... than she does in. She was Tarrant. at finishing school. Maybe she she had, she had to sort of buy frocks. compulsory makeup classes. Yeah, and... but makeup and dressing thing so maybe she, she she tried her best well, the school uniform was by Jean-Paul Gaultier yeah something like that yeah. sort of like Chanel Chanel sweetie Chanel and uh, then she burnt it all and then came came up with like oversized jumpers and, and smocks and smocks and cheesecloth and all that sort of nonsense 
So he arrives, and I'm really surprised because he comes from a really wealthy family. Why did he not get a taxi? Why did he come on the train? And his luggage did not look very attractive either. <laughs> Sorry, I'm picking holes of this. So I mean, he comes from a wealthy family. You are rather. I thought you were supposed to be the fan. Yeah, I, yeah, but I mean, I'm thinking, well... Dissing Oren's luggage. It's as though that the production company didn't really think about it. I mean, all they needed to do, rather than come on a train, he could have been having a black cab or something like that. That wouldn't have been too difficult to do. I mean, you mean like an EastEnders arrival? Yeah, in a, in a, in a black, in a black cab. cab. And we have to mention, I have to really, really, I, mean, I was shocked, horror, I was clutching my pearls. Oh. When he knocks on the door of Polly's, that door's paintwork is god awful. I know, Polly. What are you? What thinking are you of? doing? I mean, you look immaculate. The inside of the house looks immaculate. That front door. I mean, first impressions count. And yeah, that, and that front door just looked a mess. Uh, 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 then she she introduces him to the drawing room, and he said, "Oh, this is so. This is how exactly how it's I imagined English property." Now, Polly lives in this massive, massive house. I wouldn't say it's a mansion, but it's, it's a this big... This is good as. It's a big country house. I just said, oh, yes, we have to make the most of the sizes that we've got here. So we make it up with, uh, with a splash. Well, obviously, splash Polly is used to finer things. Yeah. So, um, so in fairness, Orin does not seem flummoxed at all. Uh, well, his family's very wealthy and he's probably got they've got a South Fork ranch somewhere in <laughs> yes. wherever the hell it is they're from <laughs> yeah someone's always trying to shoot at Uncle JR yeah and hide the, hide the booze from what was JR's wife Sue Ellen Sue, <laughs> Sue Ellen Sue Ellen <laughs> so yeah uh, so Orin is then sort of bundled into a car we imagine and yeah. then well don't forget we, you're skipping ahead of the the old party well so we're following the Orin storyline yeah, so, so, so Orin yeah, is then introduced I to appreciate Abby. that you're following the storyline but when storylines intersect yeah, okay. You kind so, of have to take so, them parallel. So we, we've had the had the, the Gerald. So Gerald arrives a little bit later um, with, with Orin, but is explained away by saying, "Well, by Polly, that, that, that Gerald welcomes you to the house and welcomes you to England, but he didn't want to intimidate you with both of us meeting you at the same time." So she does. She, I mean, she does, she knows etiquette. She knows polite society. I'm good on you, Polly. Really good on you. I really like. Big Polly fan here. Big, big, big Polly fan. So I do like the way that when she welcomed Orin and she with that sweep of the, the arm, like, welcome to my gracious home. And when she sat in an incredibly like, flirty way with... with like, so, Har- she was like Harry Potter's aunt. Welcome to my gracious home. <laughs> Harry Potter's aunt. It was just the one that put her put, put in a, in a cupboard. Dursley. <laughs> it's a privet hedge or privet clothes. Privet drive. <laughs> So, uh, so Polly is is the hostess of the hostess, so spot on Polly, and she does look stunning. I mean, I think Polly has more outfit changes than Jan does in this episode. Um, so we we meet. Um, <laughs> it, it is very silly, isn't it? We're at Leo and Abby. Leo and Abby are in a house party. That's how we meet them, and they're dancing. And Abby's looking quite happy, and Leo's looking quite happy. And neither of them can dance very well. And they're having this wild party. Yes. And Davy's there. Davy from the boatyard is there yes. with his girlfriend. With his girlfriend. And, and they're, they're, they're all and dancing. To be fair, it's one of the most depressing, dreary parties I think I've it is. ever seen. 
<laughs> it did look a bit dreary. It did look oh, it, rather dreary. And it does. I'm thinking, where is this party? The fireplace looks really mingy. It's got one of those. It's got this fireplace with, like, with blocked in yeah. with hardwood with this had electric, ugly, had ugly an electric brown. fire that looked like it was thirty years old. They had like from the fifties. <laughs> yeah, and, so, and they're all they're dancing, having a wild time. Yeah. And, I'm sure it's a Bakelite plug. <laughs> As a Abby, prong. so we have a bit of a sort of a sort of recap, etc. So I mean, you would they think, well, Abby, you're at you're at a party. Where's where's the child? Where's the child? We haven't, I haven't named child the the, the, the kid yet. As, and so Leo and Abby say, oh, this is good fun. This may be the first date we've actually had. La, 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 la. And I'm thinking, where the hell's the kid? Because Abby's not it, it, it sort of it is persona non gratis with Abby. So she wouldn't have dumped the kid with with with, with, with um with Polly, um um I don't think Jan would be up for babysitting, um and Lynn's just coming out of a coma, um or from near drowning yeah. experience. But we've not got to that yet. No, we've not come to that. Uh, so where's the kid? And then sort of they're explained it's sort of it's like, that's a big question mark for me. Um, I mean, yeah, that's very quickly explained because the kids upstairs. The kids because upstairs. Because the party's is, in the slum. In the slum, which, which, which Polly, to be fair, didn't come as much of a surprise. No, and uh, we say, which is, is strange enough. Polly described it. They say, well, we say, yes, you, 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 this house may remind you of uh, sort of how England is portrayed to the Americans. Now, where, 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 uh, where, <laughs> where Abby's living, it's quite Dickensian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Crushing snobbery from yeah. Polly. Uh, and I think <laughs> I think the director and the producer, Davy has his single dance set. Yeah, that that yeah. All he that does the break, robot. Yeah. <laughs> he does a bit of break dancing. All that break dancing seemed to flummox the camera operator. Yeah, it was just like, didn't know didn't, <laughs> didn't know where it was where that was heading. <laughs> oh, you could just imagine the the, the director. Well just do a bit of dancing there, yeah, love. Just just do it. Just do what you want. You've got a bit of I mean, space there. Are you suggesting it wasn't choreographed? Yeah. Uh, 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 I'm sure they got Arlene Phillips uh, in to, to do uh, the choreography. You, we we even used it, it felt like like the jerky camera angles because normally Howard's Way camera angles are all like quite nice and sweeping and relaxed and everything and it's actually reminded me a little bit that little scene was a bit like this TV series This Life where it was all the, the, the gang of lawyers that lived in the house together and they had got to hijinks and what have you uh, but it was all very jerky camera angles and it just felt like Freaking hell! Because even you said it's like when David's like throws himself down to do the caterpillar and yeah. and swing around. You think it it feel, felt like the camera didn't expect that to happen, and yeah. they just like work yeah. with it. Yeah, it did. It did sort of <laughs> seem a little bit um, odd, <laughs> but good on them. Good on him. Good on him. So good for him. It, it, this feels like it's their first day, and Abby actually did have a little bit of a kiss with with Leo, and Leo didn't look quite like it but I think Leo is quite resigned to the potential of it not going anywhere because of Oren um, and in fairness Abby is, has, hasn't actually said that maybe it, she, she she's not interested in Oren she hasn't actually said that has she um, which is well of... Abby has is, is a bit um, enigmatic shall mm. we say as to her feelings one way or the other about anyone and I think that's probably fairly reflective of, of her character because I think she just doesn't 
doesn't know. She doesn't know. And she's a bit shell-shocked but suddenly becoming a mother. And, yeah, so it seems fair enough that she's going to be a bit um, nonplussed. Yeah, so you, you just feel a little bit sorry for it. But it, it, it did feel a little... The, the moment when, when they, they kissed, they come away from the party and have a little conversation, have a, have a tumbler of wine. A tumbler. I think it was, I'm sure it was Lambrini they poured. And um, and you just felt that there was a bit of chemistry there. And, he's, and it, 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 it felt nice. And it felt well, I think there's been chemistry between them since the get-go. Yeah, I mean, that's... But yeah. Abby clearly isn't in a position to... Offer anything. Offer anything. Or he did even know what it was, she, what it is she wants. Yeah, so... And now Oren's sniffing around. Well, who knows how all that's going to work itself. Oh, yeah, that's what that's what's quite interesting because after Oren, Oren and Polly go to the Dickensian slum um, that Abby's living in, and Oren is really quite lovely with Leo, which was quite unexpected, yeah. really, because there didn't seem to be any sniff of jealousy. Yeah. Oren does come across at this stage anyway. Really nice. As being a genuinely nice guy. Yeah. And I mean, of course I think, that could all change in the future. Who well, knows? Yeah. That's what they when they replaced the, the, the actor that played Oren. <laughs> he was a bit of an arty piece of work. Um uh, but uh, yeah it's it, it it felt nice and sort of Leo offered to go while they reconnected and had the conversation and Oren said no stay yeah so you're here with Abby and everything and the conversation comes round where this is really a suitable place to bring up a child and Polly is very dismissive about the, the the environment and everything and Abby gets a bit defensive but then looks to to Leo and Leo said well look Going back to Tarrant would probably be a better thing to support that. Because let's face it, this place is a shithole. I know. Yeah, yeah. And, and plus, if, if we leave now, we'd have to tidy up the party downstairs. <laughs> I'm, sure that was, I'm sure that was not in. I mean, this was this was the day after the party, wasn't it? Or rather, may have been refugees left behind there. I know when so when I had house parties when I had that loft apartment. That's, he told me he had people he had a party on the Friday night and they were still kicking around on Sunday that's my worst nightmare (laughs) the guests that won't go yeah yeah, so house guests are very much like uh, like fish after a couple of days they go off very very quickly Uh, so yeah so they all head back to Tarrant and then there's a tender moment with just uh, Abby and Gerald and the baby and, oh. and it, it, it did seem that because I think Gerald has generally avoided Abby I mean it's very clear that, that Abby's not his and that's been alluded to it's not a surprise to Gerald because it's a lavender marriage and which doesn't seem to have been sort of done much with at the moment but they do pick that back up I think in in a few other episodes later in this series um which is, is quite wonderful and they should have done a little bit more with that um so but yeah i thought that was there seems to be some tenderness with with regards to that story which they, it, and it's been handled quite gently and i like that i really do because if there is because abby could be a little bit spiky 
spiky and that storyline could be a bit marmite or I hate it or like it but it does bring you around to thinking yeah I think this is actually really lovely it's nice it's lovely and is it nice it is it's very lovely lovely and nice so yeah. I wouldn't say I love it but well it was the, only a fleeting moment of yeah of so, connection there was, yeah but, but you felt and I think that's the seed of what happens throughout the series the bond between Abby and Gerald grows because at the moment Abby just thinks that Gerald is dad and doesn't she doesn't know any different because that's a surprise um further down the line but we're not spoilers spoilers don't no spoilers. spoilers don't Spoiler want to do spoilers free. no no well, apart no. from this episode obviously we're spoiling that well no people have already watched it along with the tweet along at eight o'clock on a sunday Ooh. um <laughs> did i mention that hashtag yeah. howard's way um so does so is that the 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 Abby Oren Leo Polly storyline. Yeah. So we've we've covered that up. now. 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 Now what? Now. Uh cup of tea? No. Uh so, a sponge finger. So we have Jan, we have Tom, and um, Avril. Avril and Lynn. And Kate and have we done Kate? We haven't done Kate yet, no. So so the storyline Lynn has been found. Um, we have yeah. A, the, the, there's okay. Let's let's just let's elephant just in the room. cut. Yeah, let yeah. Lead let's, on. Let's just go to the elephant in the room. So, yeah. So Lynn's been found and she's been in the hospital. She's, yeah, she's clearly, alive. She's alive. She's been in, clearly been in the hospital for hours. Now the whole the whole last episode there was hours and hours and hours of people going, "Where's Lynn? Where's Lynn? We've not seen Lynn. Where's Lynn?" Now, in this episode, it reveals that she was in the water for about 10 minutes. Ten minutes. Then, presumably, after 10 minutes, she was pulled out of the water. And she fell into the water in this blooming marina with houseboats and all the all mm. the, all the gubbins. Not to mention Charles Frere's and yacht and, and Samantha and Honey Gardener and I've all the rest of it. So, mm-hmm. so, my point being, she was pulled out of the water after 10 minutes. Unless she was snagged by a dolphin and, and pulled miles away, this all happened in the in the flipping marina. It may have just been there. Way there would have been ambulances, there'd been emergency services. It wouldn't have been a, it a may peaceful, have just quiet been operation. A, a sort of a freak tsunami that hit hit Tarrant only in a pocket of Tarrant, whisked her away and dumped her in a bay somewhere else. Further away, further down the coast from Tarrant. Oh. I'm sorry, I'm not. I'm not buying it. No. Again, you know, we've already had one uh, sort of uh, sort of cliffhanger from the previous series that they've been scrambling to to tie up and make sense of, and and this is a feeling of that as well. This is a feeling of a storyline that's kind of like they're, they're scrabbling about trying to wrap a it wrap it up and b plaster over the the obvious cracks in the mm. in, in in the timeline and it's as though in, someone in else picked event. it up and think well i didn't like where that storyline was going really so yeah it's like but, how do we get lynn out of the water and have then have nobody knowing that where she is where she is and if she fell in and people were so like we're not we're not hearing the ambulances and nobody at the marina you know a girl is pulled out of the water in the marina you know there's going to be consequences. They're going yeah. to be talked about. There's going to be people involved, and and that's that's just 
that to me just represents a bit of a plot hole. It's a bit of a plot hole. It, it is very soap. It is a very soapy type of a soap opera type of. Oh right, okay, and that happened. Rather than that's mm, like the, 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 it's just. And I think they could have probably explained it a little bit differently. Well, they could have set it up better. I think. I think it wasn't. It wasn't properly set up in the first place, and then that creates a problem later mm. on. And I mean, that's what that's that's what I think that's, the that's pro- what's yeah. been happening here. I mean, I mean, the, but I've per- said it. Yeah, it's out there. Personally, I would have said um, they found her. She was in distress and very wet, and they found her somewhere. So maybe she'd fallen in. She'd knocked her head. She'd washed up at, at sort of f- further further down the coast, and they found a huddle somewhere. Where she not didn't know where she was and she was she was in hiding. That would have probably been a slightly better way than having a nurse say, "Well, she's only been in the water ten minutes." Um, so they when I said, "Well, she's not so head. She's she, she she was found cold and shivering under a bridge somewhere or something like that." That would have been slightly better than she was only she was pulled out of the water because if she'd be pulled out of the water, you'd think there'd be more and more things. But if she'd been found shivering under a bridge or wandering. Yeah, wandering aimlessly so up say, not knowing, High Street. Yeah, not knowing where she was or anything. But she's a yeah. striking woman, so people would have recognised. Well, that's so. exactly. Um, exactly. And there's no mention of what's happened to that yellow, uh, that that the that, yellow that, jumpsuit, that, that yellow jumpsuit. I wonder well, if they managed to to keep. I wonder if hope, hope Tom kept the patch so they could maybe sew it back on. I don't <laughs> think anyone's going to miss it. <laughs> so anyway, so poor Lynn has soap opera amnesia. Yeah. I know she doesn't know who she is, where she is. Um, the nurse says says conveniently uh, the two of you should come together so that can maybe jog a memory. So they arrange so both Tom and Jan arrange to to, to, show, to go around that the afternoon, and that's when there's a bit of a high noon situation. Yeah, which but, is all very engineered because the you know the thing the whole thing is you know soap opera amnesia. It you know you know you know it's only going to be fleeting. It's going to last mm. as long as the plot plot requires. Yeah. How many of us actually know people who have suffered from retrograde amnesia mm. brought on by an emotional shock? Yeah, the emotional shock. What? I just thought she'd hit her head on that on that, that tap before she, she she went into the water. Yeah. Of the, of yeah. And you both have to come because that will help jog her memory. Yeah. What what's the scientific basis of that? You may as well play a tape of her favourite band at basically <laughs> rollers. Gadgetgoo on a loop. Chirpy chirpy <laughs> cheap cheap. <laughs> you know? Have all her school friends come round and you know, it's like let's yeah. 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 So so anyway, Lynn Lynn is obviously a little bit dis uh, not Lynn. Uh, Jan is a little bit distressed. Well, only when he's she's by her bedside. Uh, all other times, everyone, as I said earlier, everyone seems quite quite placid and content. Yeah. So so say so Jan goes around in the afternoon to, to the mermaid jar to pick up Tom because they have an appointment with the neurosurgeon. N- some well, some doctor. I'm sure it's a neurosurgeon. Are they are they operating on her? So uh, she goes round, yes, but Tom's not there. Tom's not there. Where's, Tom, where's Tom? Tom reluctantly had to go and take this person from Relta Marine out to to show to do show the what's the name of the boat? The Barracuda. The Barracuda, the Barracuda. through its paces. 
and he reluctantly did that and took it to, and, and, and this chap was a bit of a arsehole but I don't know why Tom didn't say my daughter has uh, is is, is, well, see, is Tom is a very very private person who doesn't want his personal difficulties being aired on national tel- television well, well, oh, sorry, in front of in front of strangers front however of strangers. <laughs> Avril's quite happy to to blab to, to blab after yes. the event yeah. so so yeah so they have a bit of a tense moment on board the barracuda because tom wants to finish to up and head back so we can get to the hospital uh, and the other guy loki are, from relton wants to Take keep the, going take, take the keel up once and down round, and once round the lighthouse and yeah. well and then in, in the end they end up sailing to france and back which isn't that far in fairness so it, well, it isn't yeah. <laughs> don't look at me like that no <laughs> i i missed that i remember to, I, I didn't i didn't know they'd actually gone to france yeah they went to france and back I, I i remember tom saying if you don't shut your face or go i'll take this boat to france but i didn't realize he'd gone through on yeah the, so he went through it to, to, to france and back so he did take the boat through its paces. And in fairness, we had some really, really lovely shots of, of, of the Barracuda and sailing, which was looked lovely. Yes. Really, really good. And the boat, the yacht does look fab. Um, and while they're out sailing and Tom's getting a bit angsty, but looking very attractive with it, um, Jan arrives at the mermaid yard and goes in and it's a bit of a standoff. Well, I, she goes in looking for Tom, expecting him to be there, to, so they head off to the hospital. And then he's not there. And then she has a a slightly tense conversation with Avril. with lovely Avril. And in fairness, Jan does look incredibly glam, but there's more makeup than normal on Jan, and Avril's looking quite fresh faced, fresh faced and youthful. And they have a contretemps due to um, Avril saying. So he's so Tom is very very busy. It's not that he doesn't he, he doesn't like family or he's given up on his family. He, this is just a really really important thing he needs to do to for the boat and the boatyard and the business. Um, Jan doesn't quite get it, uh, and there's a bit of a standoff. And then she she tromps back into this car, which we think we don't know what model of car it is. It's her new coupe. This is some classical music while trying to hold back the tears. And then we meet up with Tom and Jan again at the hospital where they're getting all nouncy, where it seems like uh, sort of Lynn is working her way through the Rufero Rocher or chocolate. Yeah, she seems to be chomping her way through something. Couldn't quite work out what <laughs> Everyone's ignoring her while, while Tom's asking questions. Yeah, so it? Jan and Tom are busy narking at, at each, each other. other. Yeah. She's a, yeah. Which then pro- does produce a reaction. Yeah. Stop from, it, no! From, from Lynn. So there must be some kind of... Some kind of flash, <laughs> flashback penetrating her soap opera. That amnesia. time when she couldn't have a pony. Yeah. <laughs> no, that this is that's your trauma that you're that, that you're, project, you're projecting that onto the situation. <laughs> so, yeah. So we have we have that that element because Tom's asking, well, what did the surgeon say? What did the doctor say? And Jan said, rather than telling what the doctor said, he was just saying, "We well, should have been here, shouldn't you?" Yeah, that's very helpful. Well, because you Th- weren't here, thank- were you? Yeah, thank you, Janice. That's very helpful. Yeah, which isn't. Oh dear. And so I think Jan is a little bit riled because I think she's she's now questioning because Avril said, "Well, you don't know Tom very well, then, do you?" And I think now she's actually questioning. Well, had she given up on Tom? 
So there's that sort of internal internal whirling, which is handled again. That is handled really, really well. She's swirling like a whirly yeah. thing. That 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 type of script that that that, that scripting was done impeccably, um, and it was it was just that was just quite delicious. And you can see because the last episode there was a bit of a tenderness between the two of them, uh, and you can see that there's there's that chemistry. But now she's even questioning herself because she's gone on to different pastures new. Tom's gone to pastures new with regards to his following his ambition, and so is she. Yeah. And he, that that's uh, and, and she's telling her like guilt tripping that you've given up. But then again, she she'd wasn't, given up. She'd given up. She'd give, they both given up. Yeah, and they were just yeah. going through the motions, which is just very yeah. sad. Yeah. But meanwhile. At Master's Chandlery. At Master's Chandlery. Ken is putting his plans together to to, to, to dynamite uh, a na- nature reserve <laughs> yes. and kill all the all the animals. Yeah, even though even though Ken has been warned um, about doing business with Charles, he's still determined to play with the big boys. It is just yeah. how is this going to play out? I just oh, don't know. Yeah, you just I think, can't oh. imagine. Yeah, so 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 basically, Ken's got this plan in action to uh, his pit, his his pictures at the sort of the end of this episode to Charles and Gerald about this optimum land which is owned by the council, which is pretty much sort of uh, sort of dunes and bird sanctuary that sort of thing. Um, but it's not as bird sanctuary and everything because they, they, they thought both Gerald and Charles thought it was protected land, but it's not protected land, it's just owned by the council. So he's now planning on tarmacking and doing a development and wants to go into partnership with Charles, which is just. Oh. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's doomed. It's doomed, I tell you. It's doomed. doomed. So, uh, in fairness, in this episode, so Ken doesn't have quite big bushy sideburns on this one because normally he's quite quite sort of trim and everything but it just seems to be a little bit bushy and so I think they gave, they didn't really do much on the styling of Ken on this episode because he, he looked well like I think that's a continuity um, possibly issue yeah so because normally he's looking super super sort of uh, and he will do in the next episode he, and yes yes we, we hope we hope yes. so um anyway and, uh, so there's trouble down at peri plus a peri plus peri plus peri plus well that's the cliffhanger on this episode yes, isn't because because uh, uh, uh ken comes in with this newspaper ask about claude claude because claude. because claude is is uh, avoiding jan it seems she's been on the phone night and day trying to get hold of him but he's just not returning her calls and, and there he is, in the society splashed page. across the Tarrant Gazette or whatever it was about him, uh, the designer marrying some other hot so shots. Claude has married fashionista. A, a fashionista from a big French design house or something. Yeah, or something, something, something like that. Something um, like that. And uh, like, in fairness, Ken has shown it. So all he's married is taken. He, he say, yeah, so yeah. you have to put up with me, but. In fairness, that hasn't even crossed Jan's yeah. mind. She's like, she's not, she is not bothered about sort of the romance with regards to Claude. Um, All she's she just, cares about is business, 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 business. Fashion. fashion, fashion, business. 
Fashionista. Fash Mark Slag. Yes, Baby Blue. Baby Blue. Um, so, uh, so that that was the cliffhanger episode. Yes. But what is Claude going to abandon Jan and throw Perry his Blue. lot in with his because new wife's firm? Because without without Claude's without design, Claude, Jan, Jan is no one. Jan is going nowhere with her fashion business. Oh, fashion. Fashionista. Do. Doof, 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 doof. Doof. Oh, sorry, that's the wrong. That's the wrong one. That's the wrong yeah. one. So, yeah, so that that was the cliffhanger on episode. But we need to rewind a little bit because we've got to cover Kate. Kate ah, has Kate. bought. Kate has a owns a sliver of a horse. A sliver of a horse, and we see pictures. Oh, we say, say we have Kate. Sort of, we've got Lynn in hospital, and then we we cut to Kate watching the horses being trained so Kate's not really that asked about Lynn at that moment so she's busy well with- I just say nobody's asked about Lynn unless they're actually sitting by her bedside <laughs> then they're all they're all emoting like Billy crazy old. but after that they're not like they, they don't but mention that, it and they couldn't be asked they've all got amnesia got soap amnesia yeah. about Lynn so, so it's we, catching so we have the plot line of that she's bought the racehorse the racehorse she's speaking to the trainer um, we have some sort of nonsense that the the jockey can't handle her and there's another jockey coming down from Hull or something yeah I, I, I think I, I thought you missed the point of that so some they were going to be like pay him five pounds or something like that. I couldn't. I there really there was some that. nonsense about betting. I'd have no idea about betting. But anyway, the the, the horse is going in a race. Um, we have a really nice little moment and a bit of jolliness between Kate and Jack. In yeah. the in the, I mean, in the yacht really, club. when you think about it, you know, and this is this episode really brought home the chemistry that Kate and Jack <laughs> have, and I wonder. Was was there an an initial idea in the in, in the in, in the plot to bring them together to actually to actually have them come yeah having them be but I mean couple. Kate already dismissed that because Kate's ten years well, older I than know, Jack but, but I mean but they but hey ho their you know, friendship these, that's is, the way these things go I really like their friendship and I thought and I it, it did feel as though that that's what was going to happen but it just didn't. And I'm not vastly disappointed that it didn't, but See, it was always my assumption that it would. Yeah, I mean, because it, it it made sense because they get on, they get on. Kate's they got like each other. Kate, Kate thinks Jack's a bit of a rough diamond. Jack obviously has has a fondness for Kate because Kate doesn't take up with any take up put up with any of his crap, and is like and that's boisterous. what he needs. That's what he needs, and he knows he needs, he needs, he that. needs someone to uh, to say no. Yeah, and and because people don't often say no to him, and but thing is, Kate says no. She's got, she has got a valid reason. It's not, there's no, there isn't any sort of sort of motive. It's just no, that's silly. Don't be stupid. So they have a jolly time. Kate invites him to the races. They go to the races, and they both say, "Oh no, I haven't got any money to vote. Any any uh, any money to put on a bet? Put on a bet." And um, the the horse wins. The horse wins. Hurrah. And then they both admit they both put three hundred pounds on him each. Yay! We, and he was on really good odds or something. So I don't know how much exactly they won. Probably like ninety five percent or twenty percent or something. Some I, such yeah. such hours way. If I knew what the odds were, I could work it out for you. But I don't know what the odds were, so I can't. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so that but I thought that that was quite uh, that was a really good amusing thing. I mean, we have we have we have sort of another 
scene with Lynn and Gra- Kate and, and Leo. And Leo. All looking very concerned. Leo's the first looking very time. concerned. And so because she mentions the flying fish and Lynn's going, hmm, the flying what? what? What's Apparently it's what? a Bermudan sloop. Bermudan sloop? Yeah. That's what that's what he says. So it's, it's a Bermudan sloop. <laughs> blah 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 blah. Yachty nonsense. Blah 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 blah. So yeah, I, fortunately, the whole Lynn Lynn amnesia thing gets knocked out of her in the soon. Next episode. Hopefully, soap opera amnesia it comes and goes. Yeah, and Yvette in one episode. Al- although I don't, I much prefer the jazzy ending of Howard's Way. I did sit through the entire of the song and it was actually really lovely. Oh. <laughs> Good old Marty Webb. Yeah. So I'd, yeah, it was, yeah, it was just lovely, lovely, lovely. And there was a lot of content, but the editing was a bit, uh, and the cameraing. 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 The cameraing. Like, yeah. It, I, 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 love, I love my fantasy idea that they just said to Davey, just do a bit of solo dancing. Just do something, love. Yeah, love. And then, and then suddenly, he throws himself then to suddenly, the floor. He throws himself into the caterpillar and then spinning around on his head and stuff. Yeah. It was like, okay. Didn't see <laughs> Didn't that Didn't block coming. this one out very well, did we? Yeah. I'm sure that's not the case, but it sort of felt like it. It all felt a bit impromptu. Yeah, but I, it's it's just I, I, there is something really just gorgeous about it all. Also, we, we we've got to mention the Tom Relton Marine and Jack. They go and see the boats being made. So they've got the production line has already. It, 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 yeah, the boat's it, in production. It, the, 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 the boat is in production. They're, they're actually, they're still testing it, but it's in production. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. shows a great deal yeah. of confidence. Yeah, that Brad Brimsley. So they're making it. As a, a, it <laughs> they're going around. And it, it's fascinating because I've never actually seen... I, I've obviously watched this before, but I've never actually really registered how these boats are made. And it's actually quite fascinating. It's quite interesting. <laughs> it's really quite fascinating. So, you see behind the velvet rope. So, and they're, they're fitting out the cabins inside and they're, they're wandering around and they have it sort of Jack's going, oh, it's all plastic fantastic and wood and tradition and it's blood set and tears and everything. And they, they sort of, they, they've got all these shells and they're pulling these fiberglass boats shells out of there and then they've got one which are being kitted out and they're talking about well, we kit out the, the internal of the boats before we put the top on it and say so Jack is there saying oh it's wood can you do it wood or fiberglass was oh we can do it with fiberglass we can do it. we can do it internal fit with fiberglass but some people like the wood so there's a, a general respect so Jack's actually appreciating the production how the boats are actually put in and they're actually making it it's, it's like a bathtub and the, the guy from Reddleton not the arsehole that was, that was no it's David Lloyd isn't it David Lloyd and said well actually we have sunshine desserts <laughs> that's super 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 <laughs> so, great super. and he said and so Jack, Jack says oh it's just it's still a bit like a bathtub and he said well actually we've got the factory down the road that does the bathtubs as well and we that was that, we, was, that yeah. was really yeah I suspect he was joking though, because I don't imagine Relton Marine, unless unless they have a subsidiary. Rel- well, they've got a factory. Relton bathtubs. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, it well, it was just just really really good. So, oh 
Yes. It, it, but there, there was that. That was a really, really interesting, a really interesting sort of like little nugget. And there was, there was an element of humour. And you could say, I mean, we have to say the chemistry between Jack and Tom is brilliant. Jack uh, and Kate is awesome. And let's say the common denominator is Jack. And also between Tom and Jan is brilliant. So there's lots of chemistry. There's lo- there is lots of chemistry. Lots of chemistry. I, I mean, Avril... Avril was, is is treated in this episode as a bit of a spare part. Well, she didn't have anything to do other than other than needle Jan. Needle Jan. She didn't actually have much much of a role. She was sitting behind a desk playing with a calculator for pretty much the whole of yeah. the episode. And, and also the chemistry between Polly and Gerald, even though they only had a couple of scenes together, they, they did kind of sit, they, they, they sizzle a little bit. There's a it does. There's that. There's a bit of comedic timing between the two of them, where they're they're working with quite a clunkyish script. Yeah. I mean, essentially, they're George and Mildred, but a bit posher. Yeah. Mm. With and yeah, and much much and wealthier and wealthier, and much nicer. The sort of a sort of. Uh, well, Polly looks stunning. She really does. So anyway, yeah. we're getting to the part on this lovely, gorgeous episode about. The reboot recast. So oh, okay. I am doing reboot recast for Orin. Orin. I know he's a bit of a catalogue model. Yeah. But there's something about him. And I think for the reboot recast of Howard's Way, the fantasy reboot, I would recast Orin with Ronan Kemp. Okay. Now, Ronan Kemp is Martin Kemp's from Spandau Ballet's son. I think he's a bit of an influencer and stuff. He's been on Celebrity Gogglebox, but well, I think he's, he, a, he's 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 a radio. He's a DJ, isn't he? He's, he's yeah, a, he's a radio DJ. But I think he he would have, yeah. I, th- I think he would have a, a a really. I think he would he would probably work that role quite well. He's mm. quite he's quite pretty, and he's got a bit of a, a bit of a thing about him. So you would want him to do it with an American accent? I don't care. So he, I mean, you could explain that if he. I don't. I don't imagine he's very. If he's anything like his his, his father with regards to acting, it's probably not great. Although Martin Kemp was really good. He. he, I, mean, he I, I really liked him in that. Not living life of a she devil, but it was in that um, feminists uh, writers thing about in where he played the devil. What, what was that? Um, Life and Loves of a Sheep. No, it wasn't Life. No, it was. It, it was the. Uh, another, it was another Faye Weldon. It was I can't, Faye Weldon. I can't remember. Faye it. Weldon set, set set in yeah. in Lincolnshire. Yeah, I can't remember it, but I do. I, I you remember the TV? I, re- I can't remember what it was called, but I do remember watching the TV series. So it was a bit bit wooden, but it had certain when he when he when he you know, he had he gets, moments. He had moments. He had moments, and he he looks good, and I think Ronan would be equally good at that and he could probably explain the accent away so he was he got sent to finishing school to knock out the american accent so he could be more european or something like that i don't care but i think he would probably <laughs> he would probably be very good at it because he's got he's got a certain look and i think would work he could you could tell he could be a bit of a bastard but he could be equally quite nice and pretty so who would you recast well i my my thoughts initially went to zach efron but then i thought he's probably a bit too old now for that yeah so i'm going to suggest tom holland tom holland oh yes that would work as well i know 
Oh. I wouldn't have suggested it, but I didn't think it would work. Yeah. So, I, because, I mean, the Orin character is developed a lot more in the later series of of Howard's Way. Um, I don't know what, because they recast the Orin character. I don't know why, but um, they're probably... Have That's show business. That's show business. But it seems really weird. They recast Orin, but they didn't recast Sir Tom Howard. Sir Tom Howard. And they recast the role for Tom. Sir, ha- Sir Tom Howard. Have, Sir, you, well, have, you, have you knighted him? We should knight him for 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 services, for services to, to the yacht building. We won't mention the. He doesn't doesn't do another catamaran. Uh, well, I think <laughs> it's. I think it's. It's much easier to recast at that stage a relatively minor character. Yeah. Than to actually recast, it would have been like recasting Jr. I know yeah. they did. They did recast Miss Ellie for a period. For but, a, for a, cause she had a heart operation, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, but then they, she went back. They, they, they they reversed that. So so recasting a major character, unless it's unless you unless it's Doctor Who, that's um, kind of hard, I think. So well, didn't they? Uh, was, uh, there was a oh god, what J- Joan Crawford's adopted daughter was in a soap yes, opera. Yes, Christina Crawford was in a soap opera. And, and when she had to have an appendix out, Joan Crawford went in as her daughter. Yeah, so as <laughs> to, to, took, over, took over her daughter's role in the soap opera. Briefly while she was in hospital. Which is just so utterly ridiculous as to be beyond belief. Beyond belief. So, so yeah. they didn't recast Sir Tom. No, but I think... Uh, I personally think. Well, we'll discuss this in, in more depth oh, in will later we? podcasts. Oh lord! But I think I know they they did their best when Morris um, Dart passed, but um, with doing the scripts. But I think it went, it went a little bit off the rails. But we will we will worry about that in the, in later episodes. What we need to enjoy now is Howard's Way in its glory. I think this this episode was great. Uh, it wasn't fabulous. The content was there. I think if it was re- redone today, they would have probably edited it a little bit differently. Well, I think you know anything from the eighties that was redone today would be done very differently because production techniques, the styles have 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 all have all moved on. This was in the era of the classic. Uh, 16 millimeter filming for external shots and location shots the three camera setup for studio that's all different now that's all been swept away completely different yeah. way of making television now but yeah it's uh, it, it it still stands out I mean, it, but then again there was that really jarring uh, edit uh, uh, edit cut uh, i think you mentioned it when we were watching it with You've got uh, Leo on on the candlelit bedstead in the Dickensian slum, yeah, and then that is Abby's flat, and then we instantly flash to the next scene, which With is Leo, Leo sitting on, on on another bed in Lynn's Lynn's, Lynn's, hosp- Lynn's hospital room, trying to say, "Lynn, don't you remember the flying fish and all that fun we had on the yeah, flying fish?" And it, I'm what? <laughs> it was a very jarring transition. Yeah, it wasn't that wasn't great. And it seems great that Lynn's got her own private room in the NHS. Maybe they've got their own booper, probably. Anyway, I think we've witted on long. We've witted far too long. So we have the uh, tweet along, which is eight o'clock every Sunday. Um, whether you like whether it or you not. Whether you like it or not. Hashtag Howard's Way. 
please follow, retweet, and what have you. And please give us five stars on on the or give us, to, some or stars. give us some stars. Give us the stars uh, on, that you think we're say, worth uh, on iTunes. So we go up the rankings and all that, and just hit and, like and or whichever do something whichever like. player your podcast source your you're listening to us from we are on all key give us some kudos we are on all key social media platforms that uh, tom uh, donald trump has been blarred for you can find us on find us on at antique dust on myspace and we're not on myspace (laughs) friendster (laughs) friendster is that a thing it was a thing friendster what What the hell is friendster it's a social media thing but it's long since been debunked yeah uh, yeah, it's gone now. Yeah. So anyway, we we will love you and leave you. This is Jonathan signing off, and Bye-bye. this is Rob saying farewell. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Listening to the Howard's Way podcast from Antique Dust.